Today on the show, your Oscars alternative. Uh, turns out life isn't fair. Let's get mysterious. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Hey there, it's time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 415. I am Father Chris Decker, joined this week by the usual crew, the CU crew, Kathleen Lee. She is a teacher, aren't you? Yeah. You form young minds. I think so. At Our Lady of Mercy (laughs) School in Baton Rouge. We've also got Olivia Galino. She teaches everyone just by her presence. Hi, Olivia. Thanks. It's true. Yeah. And we are we are your willing pupils. Uh, if we go up uh, into space, you will find sitting there Exhibit C, Jeff Blackwell, with uh, his Saint Joseph candle. Yes, um, indeed. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I am still baptized. I'm telling you, still baptized. It's you can't stuck. undo that. Yeah, that's All true. Right. And also uh, up there on the satellite, we've got uh, Ed. Ed is running the video for our video feed. So if you're listening to us in podcast form, hey, how are you? And if you're watching us, well, hi, everybody. If you're watching us on any of the different outlets that you can find us on, especially the Roku. we got some people on Roku this evening. Uh, You can uh, search for the Catholic Underground on Roku and download our channel and watch when we're live. Mm -hmm. All right. There's also uh, other stuff that, uh, that we tend to do year to year and that's go to the movies do you still go to the movies at i all? do yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i have it's not mm-hmm. something i normally think of doing but yeah. i did see frozen 2 recently oh <laughs> well all right. I, I have not experience? i have yeah. not seen me neither no i, I feel like, like i'm missing a segment of my younger parishioners because i haven't seen it yeah. but then again they haven't started quoting songs to me that i don't know yeah. yet yeah it's not so, quite as quotable, not as quotable as the original it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to get lightning in a bottle it yeah. really is well, I feel like maybe the second one they tried to put like meaning into this, you know, like they focused on the meaning of the story, mm-hmm. from what I understand. And some I, of that, and it lacks some character that, like, development. Musical stuff's got to go. Ah, you know? I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not a commentary on Frozen Two. I'll keep my comments. <laughs> <laughs> but what it is a commentary on is that uh, that movies do happen for sure. And uh, while you might be flipping channels and watching uh, the Academy Awards or the fallout of the Academy Awards. Um, there are a number of religious themes that graced a number of notable films in 2019 mm-hmm. and actually 2018 as well. So, like, there's an art house film about a beatified martyr. Um, there's a belated documentary about a celebrated gospel concert. There's a fact-based drama about an alliance of devout and unbelieving survivors of clerical sex abuse calling for justice. So, you see kind of a, a wide swatch mm-hmm. of things. And so, what we thought we'd do at the top of the show... Is, uh, is talk a little bit about these because Deacon Stephen Gradanus uh, is uh, one of the guys over at the National Catholic Register, and he's their resident film critic. And uh, he made a list of the 30 films most moved, thrilled, inspired, shook, or haunted him in 2019. And so we figured we'd just cover the top 10 and maybe see if there are films that, uh, that you know about, or maybe uh, if they aren't, you might want to... I don't know. We don't really say rent anymore, but I guess you can rent them on your streaming platform of choice. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I explained Blockbuster to my students the other day. Yeah. Oh, no. I think there's they one Blockbuster They could not understand. Around. Yeah, it is. It's somewhere in Alaska, in Alaska uh-huh. I think. Yeah. But they literally, they could not understand. It was yeah. like, so you went in to do what? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You <laughs> to would, rent you would, a movie. Yeah. You would browse the, they did, the idea of a hard copy is yeah. lost to them. And, and, and that, that was all that was available to yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. If the three that of and them candy. Were, if the three of them were out, 
you guess then who wasn't watching the movie? You were that watching night. something else. Yeah, it's kind of like going to the library and not getting the book that you want. But okay. even still, that might be lost on folks. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, anyway, uh, the number one film, uh, I'm presuming that we're just kind of counting up, right? Mm-hmm. The number one is, uh, is A Hidden Life. The moral themes of dramas of martyrdom and conscience, like A Man for All Seasons, you know, the one about uh, St. Thomas More, uh, and Sophie Scholl blend with Terrence Malick's signature themes of theodicy and paradise lost in this ecstatic, anguished, three-hour cinematic hymn singing of life and death of blessed Franz Jagerstadter. So this is a guy who has been um, declared blessed, uh, beatified by the church, and so it's it's his story. Malick's most linear film in years is also his most overtly religious and most political, with challenges for both believing and secular admirers. Violence and menace, thematic content, mature teens. Uh, we're going to let you know that too, because uh, we are the Catholic underground, and uh, we d- we don't just have a, a, a market to the youngins, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, you might want to uh, observe some of your normal parental guidance if you're going to watch some of these films uh, because you know we often talk about this on the show that whenever you're going to speak about the themes of life and death when you're going to speak the th- about the themes of good and evil sometimes you're going to get into grit yeah. right and there's nothing wrong with grit in a film uh, if it actually is moving you towards an end right if 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 there's grit in a film and it's just there if it's gratuitous as we would say then eh, I don't know. You can steer clear of it. So hopefully these films won't be just grit for grit's sake. Yeah. Um, number two, One Child Nation, um, which uh, I've actually I haven't seen yet, but it's on my it's on my wait. What do you call it? My wish list mm-hmm. on on uh, Amazon Prime. The psychological and cultural toll, as well as the human rights atrocities of China's war on the family, are laid bare in uh, this first person stealth documentary. Oh, I like the idea of a stealth mm. documentary. Yeah. Um, juxtaposing memories of growing up in the one-child era. So you might remember that China has, uh, or at least until recently, has had a one-child policy that you could only have one child. Uh, With revealing interviews, archive materials, it's a furiously controlled blend of political indictment, cultural cross-examination, and personal journey. Uh, There's frank discussion of the atrocities, which uh, obviously can be kind of graphic, including Mm -hmm. some forced abortions and disturbing images and, uh, you know, some language issues. So, so mature to teen, mature teen audiences only there for that. But, you know, these sorts of things, it's kind of like uh, the movie Unplanned, if you haven't seen that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not on the list yeah. here, interestingly enough, but but uh, there are some very mature themes. But we, we have to, in order to kind of think through some of these things, that's what good cinema and good literature is supposed to do. Yeah. Help us to, to see something perhaps from a subjective standpoint on in film, but then to be able to look at some of the objective themes too, because mm-hmm. what good literature and what good film does uh, is supposed to help us to, to reach higher, yeah. you know? But it doesn't whitewash human experience either. No, yeah. right, because yeah. human experience is, is fallen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, no matter how much that we, we want to try to say, oh, we don't have to worry, but sin is in the past, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, we still suffer the effects of original sin, and that includes concupiscence, uh, yeah. being inclined to sin, and that happens on an individual level, and it can also happen at the level of, say, uh, an entire nation or state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these films are, are important, too. Uh, Amazing Grace, which I'm actually looking forward to seeing, uh, Sidney Pollock's long unfinished film of Aretha Franklin's 1972 gospel concert in Southern California uh, Community Choir at LA's New Temple Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, It was completed at last Mm. by producer Alan Elliott, and uh, it's an exuberant celebration of music and showmanship and a transcendent act of worship. Nothing problematic there. It's just, it's a concert. 
um, and Very it's finally cool. been finished. Uh, so really, really kind of a neat uh, thing. So 1972, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, and that's kind of I mean, like I love documentaries like that when it's about somebody, you know, somebody with the talent like Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you listen to to good singers, mm-hmm. oh my, and I, this is not and actual soul music. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I mean, you, there's a lot of comments that I can make on music today, blah, 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 <laughs> right? And what a, <laughs> what a musician <laughs> is. Okay, yeah. oh, this is tr- this woman, and and many many singers like her. They began in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly where their gift came from, yep. and they 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 used it, yeah. and they used that's it right. well, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's a, that's a really good one. I'm gonna see. It's always interesting when you see uh, there there are some singers, kind of like Aretha Franklin, who always you got the sense that she always knew what her roots were, and that mm-hmm. was what drove her forward. Yeah. And then you have folks that are that become members of rock bands and things that are that start in yeah. uh, in a believing community in church. And then take the left turn mm-hmm. somewhere and go crazy. Yeah. It's always beautiful to see the fact that um, that the spiritual themes in music aren't just made to sell records, right. but uh, but they're there actually to worship God. And so, uh, of course, Aretha Franklin is a good example of that. Number four on the list is The Farewell, uh, a gorgeous and winning cross-cultural comedy drama about extended Chinese family using, going to unusual lengths to gather around a dying matriarch who doesn't know that she's dying. Lulu Wang's semi-autobiographical film finds universal truths in this tale of a very specific lie. Uh, a Shinto mm-hmm. ritual, brief, crass language, some heavy drinking and inebriation, some mature theme, te- themes, teens and up. So yeah. you might want to watch that one with your kids. Uh, and you'll, it's interesting to note that a lot of these films are, uh, are, are foreign films. Mm-hmm. And I find that there, there's so much uh, that can be explored within a foreign film that, uh, that we, perhaps the United States, I don't know if it's our puritanical roots or what. There are some themes that we just won't explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems like when it comes to spirituality, uh, you find uh, uh, certainly the East and uh, Europe willing to explore, uh, explore some of those themes. Oh, by the so, way, The yeah. Farewell was superbly active. Oh, you saw it? Huh? I did, yes. My wife and I saw it. Uh, it's largely subtitles, but uh, it is such a cool story and yeah. talking about you know family and traditions and yeah. uh, what have you. So I appreciate yeah. a good subtitle film, but of course, like yeah. with many subtitled, well, all subtitled films, you have to be watching it. Like mm-hmm. it can't be this yes. thing that you're doing while you're doing something else. Right. right. That's why they made the pause button. That's why they make the pause <laughs> button. That's right. Um, let's see. So let's see. The uh, number five is Light from Light from Grasshopper Film. Uh, lost mystery and the pursuit of meaning are recurring themes in Paul Harrell's subdued indie drama set in East Tennessee. Uh, this is a whisper quiet ghost story that, while not overly religious, implicitly raises questions about discerning the voice of God speaking to us. So it's got some mature themes, a brief medical scare, uh, teens and up. So uh, there you go. Number six, I actually saw number six, and that is Apollo 11. Uh, It is the long-neglected, high-definition NASA film. Uh, So they take all the film reels from NASA, and they have woven it into um, a new wondrous access to one of humanity's most extraordinary achievements, uh, Todd Douglas Miller's masterful documentary, there's brief language, of course, kids and up. So you can watch this with your kids. And one of the things I loved about it is it's almost like it's almost like uh, ambient sound. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some dialogue. And but but any of the, the narration is done by text. And so you're just kind of getting the story yeah. told by the people That's that are cool. being that, mm-hmm. that are in the, the film. It's really, really well. Well done. Well done. Cool. Indeed. 
Um, so if you like space like I do, that's that's the way to go. Number seven, they shall not grow old. I haven't mm. seen this one yet either, but it's in my it's in my queue. Mm. Uh, voices and faces from the dim and distant past emerge when stunning with stunning vitality in Peter Jackson. So like Lord of the Rings yeah. director, a tour de force World War One documentary which features cutting edge digital restoration and colorization of World War One footage. Uh, graphic cool. battlefield imagery, of course, adults only for that one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what, just looking at some of the, I saw some of the making of, yeah. of uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. Talk about a fantastic thing to be able to see what technology can do now and taking the very early days of, of the moving picture camera and then being able to technologically restore and to, uh, to colorize some of these things. Because oftentimes, I don't know about you, but when I think of things that happen in the distant past, they happen in black and white in my head. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Well, one of my favorite things is, uh, well, uh, there's some photographers who have a, like a kind of practice of colorizing mm-hmm. digital photos. Yeah. And it's amazing, or not digital, f- colorizing film photos yeah. like that are you know, 50, 60, 70 yeah. years old. And that's always the thing that strikes me is like, these look like people that I would see on the street today. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas in my mind, I don't know. That all yeah. seems they, they like seem they look different. Unaccessible, yeah. yeah. But it just looks like you know someone's wearing a 1940s dress or something. Mm-hmm. That but she could be a Walmart. That's right. Uh, well, especially now with the new hipster craze. It's true. You know, it it's very true. true. Uh, let's see. Number eight uh, is another integration of Little Women, uh, a feel-good oh, I- celebration of family bonds and moral virtue. But uh, Greta Gerwig. Uh, hasn't just remade Louisa May Alcott's often adapted classic. She's reimagined and reinterpreted it, interweaving the two halves of Alcott's story and glossing the autobiographical significance um, of, uh, of, the, um, of the character. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, brief Thank inebriation, so mature themes might be fine for older kids, but you may want to watch with them. You know, I really want to see this. Movie. Me too. You want to see the movie? Like for real? Super I vaguely, re- I'm, it's sad to say, I vaguely recall reading the book. I think oh, yeah. I've read the book. I don't yeah. think I've read the book, but I loved the first one that came out. Oh, yeah. The Winona Ryder one? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically because Christian Bale was in it. But I mean, I also loved the theme of it. It was yeah. a great story. Okay. All right. um, I mean, now that I'm an adult, I can, you know, I can say I can that. Say that. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, Hello, Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> he was fresh off of Newsies, right? Uh, that what it that's, I, that's it. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, number nine. I actually, I saw this one because I love a whodunit. Uh, Knives Out. Mm. Uh, Rain Johnson's hands, in his hands, an old-fashioned, ridiculously entertaining whodunit with all the usual elements becomes a morality tale with a distinctly contemporary vibe, rewarding decency and compassion, siding with the marginal over the privileged and knocking the complacent on both sides of contemporary political discourse. It's obviously a murder mystery. So it's a murder theme. There is a suicide. Uh, there, of course, are sexual references and frequent profanity and crude language. So uh, you're older teens and up, you know, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really yeah. was because I, I like a I like a murder mystery with a twist and then a twist. Mm. And if Ooh. nothing else uh, to see. um uh, oh gosh, uh, who's the Jeff? Who's the guy who plays James Bond? What's his name? Sean Connery. Nope, the new one. Um, oh no. Um, oh yep. Yeah. Now I can see his face. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yes. Yeah. It's, Danny Boy. If, yes. if nothing else, just to see Daniel Craig uh, play an old Southern. <laughs> oh really? An old Southern, uh, not lawyer, but an old Southern detective. Yes, <laughs> he speaks with the caramelized accent in the whole film. 
Sounds like yeah. Andy on that episode of The Office. Yeah, so, uh, I love it. <laughs> so that's very much worth it right there. Oh, yeah. right. oh yes, yeah. sir. All right. And number 10, uh, by the grace of God, three adult survivors of clerical sexual abuse in childhood band together to confront church authorities and face their trauma in Francois Ozon's emotionally persuasive fact-based French drama. Several graphic descriptions of clerical sex mm. abuse of boys, references to genital deformity, partial female nudity, brief domestic violence, harsh language, so adults only. But again, really well done cinema can help us to confront some of these things and actually begin to think about a response. And yeah. so uh, it's it's worth mentioning um, some of these these films that are being made. You know, that they're not just trying to knock the church, but to ask some of those deeper questions about how can we make sure that this never happens again. And that comes from kind of bringing things out of the darkness into the light. And that's mm -hmm. actually what cinema can do mm -hmm. as well. Um, so if you want the whole article, we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes so that uh, you can see all 30 in this big long list of things that happened in uh, 2019. Also, as we've done for you, uh, they also give the, the recommended viewing audience to adults or teens or kids or everybody. Um, so that'll be in the show notes uh, whenever the show uh, goes out over podcast. We'll make sure that it's there. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, don't get any popcorn or maybe well, we'll give you a second because we'll tell you we are the Catholic Underground. You are listening to, you are watching, you are imbibing in some way. <laughs> I don't know if we're intravenously uh, available yet. Not yet. It's getting there. The future is here. Yeah, but we are the Catholic Underground. Uh, we're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee, by Olivia Galino, by the one and the only Jeff Blackwell. I think we can all agree that we're happy that while God was making molds, he made the Jeff mold. So thank you, yes. Jeff. Oh, being... well, well, thank you. That's so kind of you. My mama yeah. said something grew back, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's okay. Uh... <laughs> as long as it wasn't black mold. We know about that in Louisiana. Uh, yeah. yeah. In the year 25, 25. I don't know why that came to me. You were talking about, uh, you know, infusion of... Um, uh, uh, of, of CU. Uh, of CU. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe Zagor and Evans uh, uh, will... No, we're, we're happy, Jeff, with... that yeah. you simply have being, you know? Mm -hmm. One of the, I asked kids uh, uh, in my CCD class a couple of weeks ago, is it better to be or to not be? And mm. they had never thought about that before. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It was, a, it was a very interesting discussion because some of them says, well, it's better to not be because, you know, the planet's in danger. I'm like, well, baby child, the planet is for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. better that you are. And it's, it's been in danger for a while now. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. True. it's very true. It's true. very true. So being a good steward is important, but you have to have being to right? be a good steward. Mm -hmm. You know, Kathleen, mm -hmm. sometimes life isn't fair. <sighs> Look, that's the story of my life, okay? I know on the screens, if you see, we've put some sparrows so wow. that, you know, not to cheapen His things. His eyes but on the sparrow. Yes. Kathleen, you are worth more than many sparrows. I hope so, because <laughs> I'm pretty cute. That's what I'm going to say about that, okay? But there is suffering in life, like right? We all go through suffering. We've all at one point said, it's not fair to only to have our mother respond, life's not fair, get over it, right? <laughs> Uh, one of the most, <laughs> I think, harmful lies of the modern world is that life is supposed to be easy and comfortable. Mm -mm. I mean, look around. How much are we are we trying to make that a hundred percent? We try true? to do that, yeah. To seek right? pleasure, avoid pain. Yes, yeah. right. There's there's even a sense in which moderns, which would be us, mm -hmm. uh, believe we're entitled to this comfort and ease. Well, I I, I deserve it. Like I. I, this should be a yeah. part of my life. I shouldn't have to suffer. First class all the way, right? Right. That is some mm -hmm. sort of fundamental human right, 
that we should we should live a life of ease and comfort and mm. no bumps in the road. Um, and many of us, including myself, have absorbed this. It's a subtle thinking. Right. And even if we're like, oh, even if we're religious, you know, and we think, yes, yeah, suffering, we hear it all the time. We're like, OK, yeah, but I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, when trouble comes to us, when life is inconvenient or difficult, we are almost angry at the injustice of it. Right. I remember the first time I did my taxes, Olivia. I don't know if you this has been a part like the first time I did my taxes and on the little machine, like on the little computer. Right. My number's going up and I'm like, mm -hmm. woohoo. Right. My dad says, you see how that uh, box around it is orange and not green? I said, uh-huh. He said, that means you owe that. I said, what? what? <laughs> and there was table flipping and many talks about the social injustice mm -hmm. of taxes. <laughs> oh. Now, as if this were some sort of comic, uh, cosmic crime, right, that violates that easy way of life that we're looking for or that we believe that we should have, right? Mm -hmm. We complain and we, uh, we take God to task sometimes, right, for upsetting our dreams, a very unkind thing to do. How dare you, God, mm. right? And now for me, you know, this was probably 18, 19-year-old me talking about a few couple hundred bucks I, I owed, mm -hmm. right? But for some people, yeah, there's serious suffering, mm -hmm. right? right? Right. And they're oftentimes, right, <laughs> We bring that to God and say, how could you make this happen? Mm -hmm. How could you mm -hmm. do this? Right. And, Which, and by the way, he can take it. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Right. He expects our frustration. Absolutely. But the fact is, is that life isn't always fair. Mm -hmm. Things aren't always easy. Yeah. Right? Nor were they meant to be. Um, that doesn't mean that anyone in particular, at least of all, God is to blame. Yeah. Right? A lot of times when something happens to us, we look for someone to blame. We look for someone to sue. We look for someone to call to task on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes things just are the way they are. Right? Yeah. And accepting this fact is the first step to real freedom. Yeah. You know, because when we're burdened with who are we going to, who are we going to blame for this? Um, who are we going to land this on? Yeah. You know, we can't, we're not always going to find an answer. Right. And that's the thing. It's, it's not that we're, we're not going to be able to place blame but we're not always going to find the answer of why is there suffering? Cause right. that's really kind of the deeper question here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get mad at God about is why yeah. is there suffering? And why am I at the end of the suffering right. stick? You know, why did you pick me? Yeah. Why is there toil in my life? Yeah. We talk about that in the show uh, mm -hmm. we, every now and then is that, that toil is the result of original sin. We right. are called to work, co-work with God. And before original sin, we were able to indeed work without toil. Right. But now we work with toil. Right. Yeah. And it exactly. brings suffering. Yeah. And you may have heard, I mean, this is a very, very depressing thing to hear, but I've heard an older generation, right, who had a, who had a, it a lot harder than I did. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have heard this phrase, life is hard and then you die. <laughs> life is hard. What? Then you die. <laughs> right. And at first glance, this saying is, sounds brutal and pessimistic. Right, as if life is one long miserable slog. This is a word that a slog. Me. Yeah. slog, crowned with the blackness of the void. Right, oh. I know it sounds horrible. Life right. is hard. You suffer and then you die, and that's just it. Right, mm -hmm. but looked at in another light, yeah. this saying um, strikes at a deeper truth. It is only when you accept life as it is that you can really live with joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, when we accept that life is going to be difficult, yeah. when there's going to be hardships, when there's going to be work to be done, when mm -hmm. there's, you know, I love my students. They come into class and I say, "Okay, get out your book." And they're like, uh. "I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we had to do some work." Blah. <laughs> right? And this they're is like, school. I know. This they're is like, what schools mm, about. Can't we just have free? No, you can't. You have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> you must suffer. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, so people who lived before the advent of mechanized modernity uh-huh. were realists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Before there was air condition, before there was, you know, programs that would do your taxes for you. And the cotton gin. Right? Yes. They expected that life would be hard and even painful. Mm-hmm. Right. You think about the last, in the last hundred years, you know, um, how many people, you know, I've been watching Dr. Quinn, <laughs> catching up on Dr. Quinn. How many people, they didn't expect to live past a certain age yeah. or they expected to lose a certain amount of their pregnancies, mm-hmm. you know, or children after mm-hmm. they had been, been actually born. Or the yield from their crops right. or yeah. any number of things. And and they n- knew. Or not make it through the winter. Right. And they knew that this was part of life. They expected it. So making a living would unquestionably involve labor, sweat, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're looking for a job where I can sit at home in my pajamas and work on my computer all day. That would be great. <laughs> if you know of one, let me know. Yeah, okay? the priesthood is not that job. No. Okay. No. There would be sorrow along the way, right? Yet far from depressing them, you would think these people walked around with their their hat in their hands and their tears flowing down their face every day. This expectation freed them to enjoy the leisure and simple pleasures mm-hmm. they did mm-hmm. have more fully. Yep. Right? When you expect things to be hard, you enjoy your ease all the more. Mm-hmm. So they they, you know, they expected things to be difficult. And then when, th- when they had leisurely time or small things gave them great joy. Yep. And you look at the way it looks at today, you know, we expect things to be easy. And yeah, so it's the other way around. Yeah, I expect to enjoy all the time and maybe have a little bit of work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And really, what are we enjoying? I mean, I think mm-hmm. of, you know, watching kids open presents on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, 50 years ago, it was. Jeff used to get an orange. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you know, you used to get one toy mm-hmm. and now they get 50 toys and they're like, that's it. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get out of here with that. Right. Yeah. The, but the aim of modern secular society has in many ways been one long quest to eradicate suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. So it hasn't worked. No. For in a world without God and without objective meaning, suffering cannot be the greatest evil. Right. Those of us who have grown up in this secularized world have been raised to believe we have a right to a pain-free, pleasure-maximized life. That's my right as a human being. It's your wrong. wrong. Wrongo. (laughs) Boo-boo. Okay. And if we ultimately cannot escape suffering due to illness or other causes, we can even go so far as to take our own life to avoid it. Mm. I know know of many, many people. There's pain in their life, whether it be physical or mental or spiritual, and they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. We're a generation now that hasn't grown up with the tools to manage this suffering. And, And so people choose not to handle it. Yep. Right. And so in life, the joy we experience is directly related to our frame of mind. G.K. Chesterton says this, blessed is he who expecteth nothing Mm -hmm. for he shall enjoy everything. How awesome. Yeah. Right. If we don't expect anything for Christmas, if we get one gift, we're like, what? This is awesome. (laughs) That's right. Right. If we expect ease and comfort and endless pleasure, difficulties will be a rude and loathsome shock to us. Yeah. And it is to many people, right? But if we expect that life will include pain and even sorrow, we won't be surprised when it comes and we'll know how to handle it, right? We'll rather endure it with patience, beseeching God's mercy to to persevere. So instead of blaming our God, we turn to our God Mm -hmm. in that time. And so, look, life's going to be hard. We all know that it's going to continue to be hard. You've probably experienced it in your life. If you haven't, let me know what kind of life you live in because (laughs) I'd like to be a part of that, right? But instead of blaming our God, let us turn to our God in those times of pain and suffering. And I'll share my orange. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jeff will share his orange with you. (laughs) That's right. To alleviate your pain. That's right. That's why we say, Benedicamus Domino. Let us bless the Lord. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Welcome back. Uh, you found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined also by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball, the whole crew. Everybody's we are here. here. Yeah, we've even got some uh, some studio audience there in the uh, yes. in the green room. That's true. Do. That's true. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, we have kind of a blue room. It's not green. Yeah. Blue. That's okay. Yeah. It's all right. You know what? We might do that one of these days. Is uh is kind of uh, put one of our cameras on a tether. And go and show you yeah. the studio. Yeah. I think that that's would be true. cool. I don't know how yeah. that's going to work on a podcast, but we'll we'll work that. Yeah, out. it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You'll survive. Yeah, exactly. Kathleen will do color commentary. It'll, it'll be, be great. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you'd like a behind the scenes episode, and we'll do that. We haven't done that in quite a while. Yeah. So we can cool. start with the eighty screens that are in this. We room. do. They yes. exude quite a bit of heat. And they yeah. <laughs> yeah. They multiply every week. Warm. <laughs> I am a sweater, but like <laughs> when I come in here, I'm yeah. like, ha. That's true. That's right. And Jeff has to sit on the satellite. Uh, it's not cold up there in the satellite. It's, uh, no, it's comfy. Uh, yeah. Right outside there, it is uh, a little bit frosty. That's right, yeah. You don't want your blood to uh, to freeze, Jeff. Or so. boil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or boil, because be. it would. It would boil <laughs> in space. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in space, nobody show, can see your blood <laughs> boil. Yeah, so one of the things that we uh, we certainly do as Catholics is we worship mystery. We don't worship the concept of mystery. We worship mm. the one who is mysterious. Mm. And he's mysterious not because he doesn't wish to be known, but he is mysterious because he wishes for us to know him, know him better, and to know him infinitely in the life to come. And so we thought we'd take a little time to break open what we mean when we say mystery. Yeah. Because oftentimes we think about knives out, right? We think like a murder yeah. mystery, right. something that has to be solved. And Angela Lansbury's got to show up and say, aha! Was she in that movie? No, but gosh, I wish she were. I was about to say, you're about to say she wished she were. You wish that she was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, kids. You know who Angela Lansbury is, right? Look it up. Oh, man. (laughs) Google that. Murder they don't write anymore. I do. Yeah, I know that is. Or maybe Tom Bosley. Is that dating oh. me a little bit? Tom Bosley oh played my. Father Dowling, the Father Dowling mysteries. I know. I've heard that name. I also know Columbo. Okay. Right. There you go. Ding for me. Ding for me. So these are all like, uh, you know, TV mysteries, but there's something deeper to mystery yeah. than that. Yeah. And, you know, I actually asked this question uh, the other day and like the top answer that I that I get from like all my classes was, well, just something that you don't know mm. or like the unknown. Which is not incorrect. Which is not incorrect, but it's yeah. also like, I think it's like the surface level of yeah. mystery, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, is the point I'm a teacher, but like, mm-hmm. um, it's like the surface level of mystery. But what we forget to do is we forget that if it is indeed a mystery, that yeah. there's depths That's to right. it. That's right. There's not just the crust on the meringue. Right. But there's a whole pie underneath there. It's right. It's got to mm. be chewy, too, on the inside. Mm, must be chewy. Yes. Mm. That Wow, that's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's, like, I mean, a meringue is supposed to be chewy. I like a inside. mystery meringue. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Mm. There's I our episode title. Meringue. I just like any old meringue. <laughs> 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 Call me. 
gosh. Um, but yeah, so like Kathleen was saying, like in our secular world, sometimes our like our ways of thinking or even our vocabulary can get kind of like hijacked and like yeah. it has this definition and, and that's the only way to think of yeah. yeah. Like right. we we get kind of get caught into these like more secular ways of thinking about something. So yeah, today a mystery is going to be used to talk about something that something we don't have an answer for like a murder mystery like mm-hmm. like a cold case or something mm-hmm. or when we talk about like like the thing that makes my blood boil is whenever someone <laughs> is like they don't understand something so they're just like well it's a mystery oh like, yeah mm-hmm. insufficient <laughs> i hate that right especially when we're talking about things about god like yes things are mysterious yeah. are they incomprehensible not completely right right yeah. um so we wanted to talk a little bit about what mystery is. And I'll have to say, like, as a little bit of backstory to this particular topic, which Jim is so good at picking out our topics. Um, yeah. Kudos but, to Jim Hayes and the crew in the lab. Yeah. Every time, it's just like, he just, he knows us. Um, but I remember once I was giving a talk to um, an RCIA group, and uh, my topic was the Paschal mystery uh-huh. and salvation history, which I would like all of that in 45 minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but... I remember one of the questions that got asked at the end was like, okay, well, we've talked about like the Paschal part, Mm -hmm. but what is a mystery? Mm -hmm. And I just remember that really like hit to the heart because I was like, wow, you're right. Like that, that there is, yeah, we've talked about all the things that we can understand about this, but let's delve into what we can't. Um, and so I, this is something that I've been thinking about since that, that man asked me that question. Um, but yeah, we, we tend to think about mysteries as things to be overcome, right? It's a gap in our knowledge, right? This mm-hmm. is like the God of the gaps, kind of um, uh, the way that way that some people think about God is in this God of the gaps where like, if we just can't explain something, if there's a gap in our knowledge, well, then we just fill it with God, right? Well, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the usual attitude, though, of the world towards things that are mysterious are to solve it, to get under it, get to the bottom of it. Um, and then once we solve the riddle, we move on to something else, right? Yeah. We're always just trying to like check off boxes of things that we don't understand and move them from column A into column mm-hmm. B. Um, but especially in the, in the Christian world and especially the Catholic world, mystery is something that's different. It has something that has more texture to it than just that. Um, so in, in that particular realm of thinking, this Catholic realm of thinking, mystery refers to the fact that there's these hidden dimensions in everything, right? Yeah. In things, in people, in situations, right? In moments. Yeah, that there's a deeper reality to things that we can't immediately perceive. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that you would, you can draw people's attention to that, right? Because like, like think about like the, the last time you held a newborn baby, mm-hmm. right? Like some people are, are like given to tears when they hold a newborn yeah. baby or like um, the last time that someone you know, gave you, uh, some flowers or something or or did something to make you feel noticed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the simple act, right. Holding a child Mm -hmm. for, or, you know, giving a flower, there's nothing really to it. Right. Physically speaking, all I'm doing is I'm cranking my arms like this. Baby's not dropping. Okay. We're good. Right. Or I'm handing over something that I've exchanged currency for. Right. Those are very simple things on like a physical level. But the thing that would induce someone to tears, right. Over holding a baby or giving, receiving a flower or receiving, you know, a a special gift is that meaning, that deeper meaning behind it. And sometimes that can be mysterious even to us. Right. Like sometimes something happens. You're like, I don't even know why I'm crying, Uh you know? Um, (laughs) 
so sometimes it can be like a mystery even to us but it's because we're we're like face to face with some kind of hidden dimension that maybe we've never encountered before and we're trying to make sense of it yeah right and it's that's that's okay that that's like something that might be a little disorienting mm-hmm. right like you know what i'm talking about Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah i've done that recently poor 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 men <laughs> Many many a time, I don't like to be emotional, but many many a time, I have bust out in tears and been like, I I I don't, and they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I don't even know myself. (laughs) Just let this go to its reasonable conclusion. Oh yeah. yeah. Just give me a hug and some candy, and I'll. (laughs) I'll dry up in a minute. It'll be fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Admittedly, yeah, yeah. Depending on the situation, like tears have no effect on me. I just go. They really don't. If you yeah. cry in Father Christmas presents, Sorry. he's like, um, what's the guy's name? Alex Baldwin's character in uh, Thirty Rock. Uh, Jack Donahue. Jack Donahue. He's like the Jack Donahue with the broom. Like they're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I say that with like with. If with you'd love. like to pass some eye water, I'll pass you some weakness <laughs> tissues. But no, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's because I don't because I cry at the drop of a hat. Believe it or not, I really I do. Like if I if I see something that's moving on television mm-hmm. or something, yeah. like the CBS Evening News, you know how like mm-hmm. they end with a. And today, you know, here's the yeah. story of a kid who oh, only yeah. wanted. To, I'm just crying the whole time through. <laughs> But I think I go, whenever somebody cries in my presence, especially if it's a lady, uh, I will immediately go into like clergy protects her, yeah. simply yeah. be with mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which is while for the at the best. same time going, there's something mysterious <laughs> here, happening? you know? Well, yeah. and yeah. I, I will say like, this is, this is aside from what we were talking about, but I will say that that's a good practice to have too, yeah. because like, let's say that like a woman is crying in your presence and mm-hmm. then you start crying, mm-hmm. then she'll start to like tend to you. Oh, you know what I mean? I, well, I guess and she'll so. be like, well, Father, like, talk, like, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, she'll stop what she's doing That's to, like, tend towards you. <laughs> yeah. And so it's actually, like, maybe an act of mercy that you would, like, let just let her uh, well, do a thing. I, I, I blame the Holy Spirit for my reactions. I, I hope, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, so so we like touch into those deeper hidden dimensions of things, and sometimes they can kind of throw us back or, or be staggering to us. Um, but it's a sign that something something more is happening. Like some of my um, favorite uh, philosophers, mm-hmm. um, well, one of them, uh, he's a French phenomenologist, and he talked about this right that basically um, in these like he called it saturated phenomena, right? So that you can encounter a moment, a person, a face, right? Even like someone's face could like draw you into these deeper dimensions. Um, And he said that in those moments, in those people, in those faces, that that, that they're saturated with meaning. And so it's like all that meaning kind of washes over you and Mm. you're overwhelmed. Mm. And that's not a bad thing, right? But when it happens, you you might even be thinking of something as I'm talking and you're like, oh yeah, I've experienced that. Um, If I space out, usually sometimes I'll space out at mass and it's because like something is like clicked in my head and I can't break away. Yeah. You're kind of like taken up into Mm -hmm. it. Right. And that's, that's the, maybe the heart of mystery. Um, And so one of maybe the best definitions of mystery, um, according to Monsignor Charles Pope that we're, um, that we're kind of piggybacking off of yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um is uh the theologian and philosopher john lacroix 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 uh, Lacroix, not of fizzy water fame um but he says mystery is that which opens temporality right temporality is anything that is transient yeah so time anything subject to time so mystery is that which opens temporality and gives it depth Mm -hmm. it introduces a vertical dimension and makes of it a time of revelation of unveiling surely you don't mean the liturgy 
No, obviously See, that's not. That's of course father. one of the biggest ways, the, perhaps the largest way in which we encounter mystery, right? Yeah. And yet, whenever people say, "I didn't get anything out of it," ah, well, there was a lot that was uh, plumbable in it, right? And so you didn't bring your plunger, right? Yeah. You know? Well, and yeah. I think that it starts with you know whenever people say like, "Well, I didn't get anything out of it," like part the first thing that we really have to do is realize that like I'm a mystery yeah. to have the depths of me plumbed. That's right. Tri- you know, yeah. so I have to kind of like oh, focus on myself as mysterious because if I can't even recognize it in myself, I'm I'm not going to see it in other people. I'm not going to see it in other things and much less the mass, mm-hmm. you know, but the more that I start to, to develop a sense of my own interior mystery and, and not just the ways that I'm mysterious to myself, the ways that I'm unknown to myself, but the fact that I am someone and something where you can plumb the depths of me, That's right. Yeah. right? Like an inexhaustible, uh, you know, kind of fountain of goodness. Yeah. Right. Jeff, do you ever, do you ever think to yourself, who are you? Oh, me. <laughs> I, I do every now and then when I when I come unto myself, right? Whenever like the prodigal son, whenever yeah. you're yeah. you're s- sitting there before the pods, <laughs> yeah. and you're going, I need to go back to my father. You know, I mean, you might even not even be a state of sin or anything, but just to go, yeah. Man, who are you? Yeah. Oh, human being. You know, yeah. who are you, oh man? Yeah. And and that is actually an okay thing to do. I think sometimes we need permission, kind of like what Kathleen was talking about earlier, is that we tend to think that because we want life to just be easy. Yeah. It's hard to admit that we're unknown to ourselves without some sort of skeleton key to unlock it. Yeah. And of course, that's where our relationship with God comes in, you know, and that we also, if we recognize that we ourselves are mysterious at a deep level, then there's also something whenever we go to mass and we go to the liturgy that helps to unlock the mystery that is us mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm never just doing something that's purely external to me. Yeah. Right. Like just pure activity. No, it always has bearing on who I am and who I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. And like, will teach me about the mystery that is myself. Yeah. I often tell my students when they're like, oh, mass is boring. I said, no, you are. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm yeah. like, well, it's because there's so, there's so much going on in the mass that like, you might not know about, but let me tell you about it. Yeah. And then you can be, you can say you're bored, I, but I dare you to, because yeah. mm. you know, if, if we truly believe what was going on up there is going on, yeah. there's no way you can say that this is boring yeah. just on that sole fact alone, which you yeah. know is happening up there. That's right. Which is of you course, know? Uh, you know what, uh, you know what, uh, we translate word mysterion into now? What? Sacrament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The very first thing that the priest says after uh, after the greeting at mass is let us acknowledge our sins that we may worthily prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, Mm -hmm. you see. And so we're saying so that we can understand that we're not just going to be receiving a piece of bread and we're not just going to be receiving a sip of wine, Mm -hmm. but rather we are going to be entering into a relationship with one Mm -hmm. who somehow is able to give his very divinity to us under the disguise of bread and wine. We have to make ourselves ready. And the first way that we begin to plumb the mystery that is us is by acknowledging the mystery of sin in us, mm-hmm. that we give ourselves over to sin rather than over to God all the time and to yeah. offer that to God. Yeah. And so that's what prepares us to celebrate the mysteries is by saying, I am unknown even unto myself without you, mm-hmm. O God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, you know, so mystery isn't just this this I something that we can apply in the secular world, but like we've been talking about, it's something that intersects with our faith. Yeah. Right. So in terms of faith, then there's this higher, even higher meaning to mystery. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not just these moments of, of 
reaching those hidden dimensions. It's not just those moments of saturated phenomena that there's these these intense. Um, it's not just a, a alternate dimensions, but there's a vertical dimension, right? Like yeah. um, uh, the philosopher we were talking about, Lacroix, Lacroix, um, said that that mystery introduces that that vertical dimension, yeah. right? And so it makes of of it a time of revelation, of unveiling, yeah. right? And that's really, I mean, it's Yves Congar and deeper in, yeah. Eve Congar talked about um, like the the mystery of tradition as being mm. this intersection of a, a horizontal and a vertical dimension, and right? That makes a cross, Kathleen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it do. Um, and so like in that we can come to appreciate something of God and all that he's done, all that he's made. I mean, think about creation, right? Creation just isn't like kind of blanketed there, right? It doesn't just exist in this like, um, you know, state of stasis where it's just like waiting on something to act upon it, right? Creation has not just vitality and movement and dynamism, but it's it's got deeper meaning and reality, yeah. Um, that's why you can see a sunset and be so moved that you cry, yeah. right? Or or laugh or have some kind of reaction that you wouldn't just normally have, right? Mm-hmm. Because those things, while seemingly just things and like meaningless moments where, you know, one is as good as any other, no, they mean something. They reveal the creator to us, right? The creator of the universe speaks to us through those moments, right. through those ways of, of unlocking temporality. Mm-hmm. Which is why when people say, I don't go to church because I see God in the sunrise or I see God in nature. Yeah. I go, it's both and. It's the same God. You have to, again, have some way to begin to interpret that mystery. Mm-hmm. And the same the same guy who makes the sun, same guy, same guy. Same guy. The same God who makes the sun to rise in, uh, in, in the east mm-hmm. is also the same God who makes the sun rise in your heart, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And there is, there's a vertical mystery and then there is a horizontal mystery to that too. Yeah. And it's at the altar of the world. It's at the altar where those two mysteries combine. And so, of course, the sacrament, the Eucharist, is the place where the vertical and the horizontal come together. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think about that now. Now, this is this is an interesting one. So, if you think about Jesus Christ, who who is fully God and fully man, his two natures represent the coming together of of mystery itself, Mm -hmm. of the vertical and the horizontal dimension of mystery. And so, when you receive the Eucharist, you're receiving that which is ultimately mysterious, but also ultimately knowable because God wants to be known. Yeah. Well, that's the... That, Sorry if there were any explosions in your head, but... That's the heart yeah. of salvation history, right? The God who is utterly transcendent and utterly mysterious yeah. makes himself known, right? right? That God now has a face yep. and feet. And a name. And a name, right? Mm-hmm. And allows himself to be addressed by us. Right. Um, and not only addressed by us, but yeah, desires relationship with us and uh, so deeply that he wants us to consume him. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there, it's not that the mystery goes away with the incarnation. Right. But the mystery implodes. That's right. right. Yeah. As we often say, you know, that, that mysteries are not like a a murder mystery to be solved. The mystery is not meant to be solved, but rather entered into. Yeah. And deepened. And that's why when people talk about struggling with their faith, they go, that is a good thing. It is good if you are struggling in your faith because it means that you, repre- you, you recognize that there is a, there's a capacity that you have for deeper questioning, mm-hmm. for going deeper into who you are and who you are in the eyes of God. Yeah. And so that's, it's an okay thing. If you're mm-hmm. struggling with your faith, it means you're open to mystery. Yeah. Exactly. It's when we shut it down and say, well, I'm going to cover over it with some pleasure mm-hmm. or some immediate gratification that I that that's when struggling with my faith or struggling with belief becomes problematic for my soul and for me because it means that I'm shutting down those processes that God is using to bring me deeper in. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, like we were saying, um, you know, we can use those moments um, of encountering the mystery of another person. We can use those moments of encountering mystery and creation. Those are not all just kind of like lane yap, right? Like you could have it or you could not. No, those are like training grounds Mm -hmm. for, um, for experiencing that, that ultimate mystery, right? The mystery of God, the, the transcendent divinity, right? Who is also near to us, right? God is transcendent, but he's near to us. And so if you can think about like, there's the sacramentality to all of creation, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why, like, like father Chris was saying, like you can plumb the depths of a mystery and still find even more to be Uh, to be told, to be unveiled, right? Like think about like a person that you love, right? The more you get to know that person, it's like the mystery goes away, right? Right. But you should, you should wonder, you should reverence even more like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, at this person. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you like couples that have been married for years, it's not that they can read each other like a book because they can, but it's because there is still something that amazes them about their spouse. And amazement comes from being completely at a loss to to unpack the the mystery of the other person. Yeah, and so that's really at the heart of mystery, right? Um, We have to be, first of all, like humbled enough to to allow ourselves to be overtaken by mystery. Because if we at first try to apply our intellect to a mystery, then we become God in that scenario. Mm. And we try to like, you know, do the Pac-Man thing of just like consuming everything <laughs> that comes in our path. Except the ghosts. We it do not consume the ghosts. That's right. Um, but Benedict XVI talks about how mystery is something that we should allow to like envelop us, right? So we stand beneath mystery and you can look all around you and and understand that mystery. You can't see everything at once, but you mm. can still see something and understand it, right? Yeah. But we have to first allow mystery to overwhelm us, to envelop us. Right. Um, So then mysteries then unfold to us. They're unveiled. That vertical dimension is is more and more made known to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then every person that we meet, everything that we encounter um, will go up in that cry of a great and wondrous mystery. Yeah. And, And that, of course, is part of what makes life worth living. Waking up every morning, whether we're in a good place or a bad place and saying, Lord, I'm I'm open to mystery today. I'm open to the way in which you're going to introduce me to you. Even even if it means that I have to go to Calvary today in a way that I was not expecting, you are present there. And that is why it's no coincidence that the cross was used as, as a mode by which mystery would be broken open and made known to us. Um, it's because the vertical and the horizontal beams of the cross come together with Christ on it. Mm. And so if you and I are called to be crucified every day, it's so that God may unpack and unfold the mysterious desire that he has for us, that even though we don't deserve it, he wants us. And he wants us to be gathered up into himself, not just in kind of in a mysterious way now, sacramentally, but also ultimately with him in heaven. And that's what drives us on, even if we're, we're going through a rough patch, a difficult time. And so, uh, so be not afraid, be not afraid, O great and wondrous mystery God. It means each of us has the capacity, Kathleen, to become a mystic in some Ooh. way. Yeah, isn't that something? I'm excited. There is one mystery that we can easily uncover here on the Catholic Underground, and that's that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Alrighty, for the first Pick of the Week, I don't know. I think maybe we should have let Olivia go first, Okay. Huh? You think? Okay, Olivia, your pick of the week. In your great mercy. Um, Okay, so my pick of the week is, um, it's actually like a, 
a person on Instagram with a business. All the, all, I don't know exactly how to like classify her, but um, but it's uh, something called Everthrift. So it's this lady who um, her like business, I guess, is she goes. She's like an expert at like thrift shopping, and so she'll go and find these really cool like vintage pieces, things that are really in style. But like I don't know about y'all, but I don't have any luck when I go to a thrift store. No. I find like people's trash when I go to the thrift store that yes. someone wants me to pay three dollars for. But she finds this really cool, really beautiful stuff. Um, and she does like these little sales, like she'll post a, like all the things that are going to be for sale. She'll do little try on videos and stuff. Sorry guys, it's just for women. Um, <laughs> oh. but, and she'll like explain to you how it fits and all this stuff. And then like she had one tonight where like at 7 PM central time, uh, 8 PM Eastern, it went live. Right. And so it's like first come first serve. She's only got one of each thing. Right. That's clever. Yeah. Um, but it's really like the stuff that she posts is really beautiful. And like, like it's, it's sometimes it doesn't work out you'll click on something and be like oh that's not my size and that's the only one so you kind of have to it's it's hit or miss but uh, yeah but uh she's she's got really good taste and so um she's not the only person like this on instagram but she is the one that i think does it uh the best so ever thrift very cool that is that's quite something Guys, if you're looking for a nice, lovely gift for Valentine's Day. Okay, right. Valentine's Day is upon us, my friends. Right. Cupid's birthday. Now that Olivia and (laughs) Kathleen are taken, I think they're sending small hints to a... to their, oh, no. to their guys. No. <laughs> Kathleen is winking heavily. Yes. <laughs> blunk, we blunk. did speak about uh, jewelry taste this weekend. Oh. I said, just a little hint. Put that away. Store that nugget away. We made a rule that it's got to be homemade and less than $10. So it's a it's a craft oh, okay. challenge. I, I, I like a good oh, craft yeah, challenge. That's, that's Kathleen, are you craft <laughs> challenged? I do a good craft. She does. I, I can say that However, this year, uh-huh. we're going for jewelry. We're going big. We're going for jewelry. <laughs> well, I don't oh. know that well what's, what is your pick of the week jewelry? Okay, no, Wait I'm a minute. Pick- Kathleen is looking at jewelry on <laughs> her monitor. <laughs> I'm looking at Everthrift. Oh, yeah, I, oh okay. Right. Jewelry. <laughs> <That's Sorry. laughs> Do a little no, my, shopping on the show. My pick of the week, I'll tell you this. I have thin hair. It's fine and thin. Thank you, genetics. Yeah, it's fine. Okay? <laughs> so I can never, like, if I ran out of volumizer yesterday, it did not go well. Okay? Oh, so I'm always looking thing? for weight. No, it was, like, flat to my head. No, oh, I, I, look like, <laughs> I, I look like a wet dog. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm always looking for something to give me a little volume. Uh-huh. And I didn't really realize there's there's dry shampoo right that you can use to wash your hair when you don't have to wash your hair but i use it so i fix my hair i put my volumizer in uh blow dry my hair Mm -hmm. and then i style my hair and then i dry shampoo it to while it's dry to give it some lift now i found this one it's called salon graphics salon Mm. graphics dry touch volumizing dry shampoo it is awesome. <laughs> it's not. It's like less than ten dollars. I'm always afraid mm. of dry it's shampoos. No, no, I don't know don't what be to afraid. think about that. Be not afraid. And love it. Really? I find it mm. at Walmart. I think it's available at Target. Definitely on Amazon. Yeah, that's uh, a good price absorbs too. Oil adds body, refreshes instantly. Fresh jasmine and fig leaf scent. Add jasmine and fig leaf. And this, um, well. I'm very sad. And this is where my suffering comes in because this bottle is empty. Who, who doesn't want to smell like Eden, right? I do. I'm, just, I'm putting it in my leaf. Amazon yes, cart right now. Yes, so you should. Yeah. Yes, you should. It's fantastic. Uh, Jeff, we go from uh, from volumizing dry shampoo to edibles. Uh, yes, and by the way, I owe Kathleen a ding. Yay! Oh. A ding for me! <laughs> yes, for you! Tajin Classico Seasoning. Uh, this is uh, something that um, I, I discovered at a... Uh, 
a Mexican restaurant my wife and I uh, frequent. Um, and the uh, yeah, um, they have a, a drink called a, a, a michelada, which is uh, sort of the combination of juice and all kinds of spi- tomato juice, uh-huh. spices, and a lot of lime juice, and uh-huh. you pour a beer into it. But they okay. rim the glass with this tahini, and I asked the lady, I said, tell me more about it. And she says, oh, this stuff is great on everything. So I found some at the store, bought it, and she says it is especially good on mango and pineapple. Oh, okay. Which, uh, it, I mean, so it's good for everything. Can you elucidate the flavor briefly? Like, what is uh, It's it? mild chili peppers, so okay. it's not hot. Yeah. Uh, it's full of flavor and lime. Uh-huh. I don't know how they do that. Uh, you just <laughs> desiccate that lime. That's yeah, not a problem. Yeah, and, and uh, sea salt. It's just uh, pretty okay. straightforward and simple. But, uh, they have the habanero uh you know yeah. version if you'd like but uh, this is i don't it's not everything yeah it's good very cool well my pick of the week yes. uh, actually you can get on kindle because the time is upon us if you want to get to the nearest feast day of saint joseph is the consecration to saint joseph oh, yes. father yes. donald calloway yes. um, mm-hmm. has uh, has released this book just in time to begin on the 16th of february wow so that you'll be ready to go for the feast of saint joseph but this is following the 33 day of preparation of consecration to Jesus through Mary, but in uh, kind of learning who St. Joseph is and consecrating yourself to St. Joseph as a, and asking him to be a spiritual father for you. And so uh, I've got the Kindle version because it was going to take time for, you know, the Amazon version to get to my door. Mm. So, uh, so that's what I'll be doing um, beginning February yeah. 16th because it's a leap year. And it will culminate on uh, the Feast of St. Joseph this year. So the Consecration of St. Joseph is my pick of the week. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Father Calloway for making that available. Jeff, we're always grateful for those who support our podcast and apostolate with their prayers and with their financial help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Yes. Each and every day and in this week, uh, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Yep. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, share us on your social media platform of choice. And if you really like the podcast, go yep. ahead and leave a review. Yep. That, that's that's huge. That does indeed Please. help. For sure. Uh, our panelists this week, you know them. Kathleen, she's been here. She's the benefactress. And she is the dry shampooed vixen. <laughs> You're welcome. Kathleen, thank you. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Didn't mean to make it sound like, you know, like a pony or something. No. That's right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Olivia Galino, uh, she's at the real OMG with some dots in there. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you. Uh, up on the sideline, our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. He's at Jeff Blackwell us on Instagram and Twitter. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video and our graphics director is Ed Ball, especially when I show up and do the graphics properly. Sorry, Ed. Uh, You know me. I'm Father Chris. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. At Digital Catholic is the way that you can do that. We do hope uh, sincerely that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice, which is ultimately mysterious, but ultimately knowable. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time. Catholic.